Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hustle. I'm Travis Apple, and I'll be your host of this podcast. After spending my entire career in the sports sales industry, I wanted the opportunity to give back, to give back to those individuals that want to get in this business, or for those individuals that are in this business that want to continue to excel at an elite level. For those of you who know me, hustle has always been important, hence the name. This podcast is presented by General Sports Worldwide and the Clubhouse. GSW is certainly picking up steam in search, recruiting, training, and consulting. The Clubhouse is a career development platform consisting of monthly webinars, in-depth training vault, job board, mentorship platform, blogs, and a focus on mental health. Be sure to sign up for a free membership at theclubhousecareers.com. In addition, thanks for everyone that has supported the book, Hustle Your Way to Success in Sports Sales. For season three, I'm going to have the privilege of sitting down with industry experts to discuss their career path, three key topics that are current in the industry, three hustle hot seat questions, three pieces of advice, all under 24 minutes. Now on to our guests this week. Innovation is very key in this world, and many times it is what separates the good from the great. Our next guest has always been an innovative leader and is now leading the charge at a very big entity. I'm excited to have David Pillsbury, CEO of Invited, previously Club Corp. David, welcome to the show. Thanks, Travis. Great to be here. David, certainly always a pleasure to talk to you and excited to dive into your illustrious career. And let's start where we kicked it off. Why is innovation so important to you and in the business industry? Well, look, I mean, the, the world doesn't stand still. Um, you know, you either, uh, you either are, are getting worse or you're getting better. I mean, staying the same is not an option. And so, um, you know, we've, we have to constantly challenge our thinking. Um, and I think organizations that are successful, you know, are, are, are really pretty much constantly evaluating everything they're doing to, 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 to determine what are things we can improve upon. And innovation is a very big part of that. Um, you know, there are, there's a lot of blocking and tackling, but there's also a lot of thinking about how do we do things differently? And that's, that's really what we call innovation. And I love what you mentioned, challenge what you're, the way you're thinking. I think no matter, for the listeners out there, no matter what role you're in, you've got to challenge the way you're thinking. Think outside the box, be willing to do something different to your point. And now you grow up in Northern California, went on to attend the University of California, Berkeley, and received a degree in public policy and administration. Now, sales and negotiation certainly started at an early age for you. Can you walk the listeners briefly through how you had to convince a fire chief to let you off as a kid? When I was about 11, um, I managed to start a, uh, accidentally start a, a brush fire that turned into a, a large fire. I knew I was in trouble when I saw one of the big planes fly over that dumps the red material that puts the fire, suppresses the fire. I thought, uh oh, this is a problem. And as, as though the fire trucks weren't enough, um, and uh, and so my my parents were teachers, and um, I found out that um, the county had the ability of fining my parents a, a large amount of money to help offset the cost of the of putting the fire out, and uh, and I had to to make my case um, before the fire chief, and I I prepared, and I I put a suit on, and I. I had a briefcase. I don't think there was anything in it, but I brought a briefcase <laughs> to look very official. And, and I had to plead um, my case of um, ignorance and, you know, um, naivete. And uh, fortunately, I, I was successful and we didn't get fined. So, um, but we had a lot of burnt uh, real estate. <laughs> so. I can imagine. But the negotiation came key. Yes. 
you know, in your career, you end up getting in the golf industry pretty early on. You end up spending three decades with the American Golf Company and the PGA Tour. And as you think back to your time just getting started in the industry, what is something you know now that you wish you would have known back then? Well, I mean, my motivation for getting in the business, unlike a lot of folks that get into golf, I, was, I, I wasn't a golfer. I mean, I played golf a few times. Um, you know, I was an athlete. I played football in college and at Berkeley and, um, you know, grew up in the country. So I, I, as I mentioned, my parents were teachers. We, we were barely middle class and um, I just didn't have access to, to golf, unfortunately, growing up. Um, but I was very attracted to the industry because of, of, um, of the fact that it's, it's leisure. It's, it's doing something that, that makes people happy. It brings joy. Uh, and I wanted to, um, to be in, a, in an industry that was focused on bringing joy to, to, to consumers as opposed to selling products, which is what I was doing at Mattel. I was selling Hot Wheels cars, um, trying to figure out how to get moms to buy more Hot Wheels cars for their <laughs> kids. Um, and so as I look back, um, you know, uh, I, I would say I wished I had known Tiger was going to be the phenom that he became because he was playing at one of the courses I was training at as a kid. First, first golf course where he beat his dad, Hartwell Golf Course in Long Beach, California. I was, I was training there actually while Tiger was playing. And I, I wished I'd have known because I would have gone out and watched him practice and maybe gotten a picture with him as a kid. Yeah, I got uh, some tips. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, he's had quite a run, of course, and, and so has the golf industry. Um, but that, that would have been nice to have known. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, during your time at the PGA Tour, amongst many things you were tasked with and in charge with, you also at one point in time had to persuade Donald Trump to not make you know, his Doral course crazy difficult, as well as restoring Miami's course iconic fountain on the 18th hole. So back to negotiation and persuasion, walk the listeners through how you, you prepared for those meetings. Yeah, it was tough. I mean, I spent a lot of time with, uh, with Donald and, and he, he was not the easiest guy to convince of anything. He was pretty headstrong, had very strong opinions. Um, and, um, and he wanted, you know, Doral to be the toughest golf course that PGA tour players would play. And, and obviously we wanted to have a golf course that was challenging uh, for the best players in the world, but also playable and fair. Yeah. Um, and it was a real, it was, it was a real challenge. Um, fortunately, Gil Hans is a brilliant architect and, and, he was boots on the ground. He actually did a lot of the work himself. Um, and I think, you know, I think he did a masterful job um, on the Blue Monster. Um, I would say maybe we weren't as successful as we would have liked to have been at, at making the golf course a little easier than it is. It's very difficult, very challenging. So I think, as usually was the case, Donald won. Um, <laughs> but, um, but preparation for those meetings was uh, – was interesting. I mean, you had to have a lot of facts uh, to persuade Donald. Um, and, and I think, you know, we, we, we mostly lost arguments, but every now and then we won. And the fountain was one where we won, although um, up until the last time I interfaced with Donald, um, he, he blamed me for having to spend the money to, um, to add the fountain um, back on, on 18. But of course it's in every picture um, it's in every historical profile. Yeah, it's an iconic I, fountain for sure. It's iconic, and I think he's he's really glad he did it um, now because it's a special place. I mean, it's a he did a he and his team did a, a magnificent job of renovating that property. I mean, it is 
it is to this day. I played actually um, a few weeks ago, uh, the red course. And I mean, it, it is perfect. I mean, they've, they've really done, I mean, they're, they're terrific operators. They, they really know what they're doing. That's awesome. Well, you know, for a few years, you were able to, to get out of sports. You became the CEO of a laser spine Institute. And then just over four years ago, you took on the CEO role of, of the then club corp, which is now invited and club corp based in Dallas, Texas, known in the industry for its vast portfolio of premier and family focused clubs, innovative benefits, and certainly the experiential lifestyle. And so why was that such a great opportunity for you to bring your skill set? Look, I mean, in, in the private club space, it's the most significant platform, you know, in the industry. And, and you know, for me, um, I wanted to, to, I have for 30 years, I've thought that there were transformational opportunities in the private club space. And, you know, what better place but a platform like Club Corp Now Invited um, to try and facilitate that transformation. So, you know, a 65-year-old, legacy company with deep and amazing roots, um, tremendous people, um, just a great history. Um, you know, in fact, uh, here in a couple of weeks, there's an alumni gathering um, for, for Club Corp alumnus uh, in Dallas, and there are literally hundreds of people attending. Um, so it's just, a, it's this company has touched so many lives of employees and so many lives of members um, that it's, it's truly an honor and a privilege to have the opportunity to be a part of this amazing team. And we've done some really amazing work over the last four years, not, and not in the most um, simple and, and uh, circumstances, right. including you know, a pandemic. The, which, the crazy um, world we just were in. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so it's been quite an adventure, uh, but one that uh, one that, that we're all really proud of. You know, and, and speaking of the adventure and kind of diving in over the last couple of years, you know, I, I know as you started off, you took the opportunity to not only dive into each of the clubs, but there were times you quickly found out that things weren't working or the clubs weren't activating certain areas because it might have just been the easy way out. And so why is it so important for you to go in and make sure each and every club was focused on being the elite club, the best that they can be? Well, look, we're in a luxury business. And, and we are in the business of, of um, the way we say it, building relationships and enriching lives. That's the core. That's the soul. That's the answer to our question, why? We call it the center of our circle of purpose. And, and if you think about not what we do, but why we do it, you realize that all elements of the club need to be geared towards the expectations of the member in that particular marketplace whether it's the culinary offering or the quality of the bunkers or the quality of the greens, tees and fairways um, or the fitness offering or the racket sports offering, all of those things need to fit and match the expectation of the consumer, the club consumer in that marketplace. And I felt like we were just out of step. I think we were not, um, we were not delivering uh, the level of quality and service that the marketplace demanded at many of our clubs. Yep. So we, we've spent um, the last four years focused on premiumization and optimizing the positioning of every club in each local market. And the private club space is very local. We say it's hyper-local. We're like a corner store. Now, yep. we're a national platform, and there are a lot of things that we bring um, to the table because we have scale. Yep. But the club business to the member is very local. I mean, think about this. Most of our members live within... 10 or 15 minutes drive time of the club. So 
what's relevant to them is what's happening at that club. The brand of the club is Here what's relevant is. to them. Yes, which is why you don't see Club Corp are now invited anywhere at the club because what matters is that it's Tampa Palms right. or it's Glen Eagles or it's Stonebridge Ranch because that's the identity that attracted the member. That's the identity that the member has. That's where the member hangs out with their friends. They fellowship with people that share their same passion. Yeah, it's all about the community. Yes, it's a community. That's exactly right. And so we focused a lot of energy on member experience and on premiumization in order to make sure we're properly positioned within each micro market um, and we're satisfying the expectation of our members. And, And we've got a long way to go, but we've made a lot of progress. Absolutely. You know, in, in last season of 52 Weeks of Hustle, we had your chief commercial officer, Peter Ken, on the show. We talked a lot about people in process. And I know, you know, you've known and, and have worked with Peter for a long time and, and you're one of his biggest mentors. And you've reiterated and enforced the understanding of people and process and had all the team really focus on that human connectivity and part of that community. Why do you feel like it's so important in this business? Well, I think most people focus on the what. Um, and the how. So for example, if you ask the food and beverage director, what do you do? They'll tell you, well, I, I manage a restaurant and I organize the kitchen and I manage the labor schedule. And well, then ask the question, why? Why do you do it? And the answer to our question, why is, is, is because we are about building relationships and enriching lives. And that should be the answer from the superintendent, from the food and beverage director, from the general manager, from the fitness director, everybody at the club does what they do in order to satisfy a higher purpose, which is building relationships and enriching lives. So it's about human connection. That's actually what we sell. We don't sell golf. We sell human connection, which is a fundamental human need. Everybody wants to be connected. And that's the business we're in. And if we stay focused on that, then we win. And we win at a higher level. We can be exceptional if we stay focused on our why. The what is important and the how is important. You gotta have people that are really good at the how, but they need to stay focused on the what. On the why. On the the why. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Again, we're here on 52 Weeks of Hustle. The guest today, David Pillsbury, CEO of Invited. And, and David, we could certainly talk about your career for hours, but I just want to get into to three hot topics now. And so question one, we've talked a little bit about it, but just over a month ago, Club Corp announced a rebranding to Invited. What does the name mean to you and the organization? What went into coming up with that new branding? 
Well, listen, it ties back to human connection. And, and when, when Bob Dedman founded this company in 1957, he actually had a very disruptive idea in the club space because in 1957, to join a club, what mattered was where you lived, who your parents are, um, what religion you were, um, the color of your skin. Um, those were the filters for joining a private club. Bob Dedman said, no, if you have the means, none of that matters. You write a check, you become a member. Everyone is invited at my club. And so we believe that invited actually ties us back to the true heritage of our, of our beginning and is, is central to the answer to our question, why do we do what we do? Which is building relationships and enriching lives, which is at the very heart of what invited stands for. Absolutely. Well, in question two, you know, data and analytics is so key in our business and industry, and it's certainly taken kind of a life of its own over the last couple of years. And invited has certainly invested in that as well, and has even built out a predictive analytics platform to help understand if members are likely to stay or leave, which is obviously key in, in the scalability and sustainability of any business. So why do you feel like data and insights are so important to run that sustainable business? Well, because, because when, when, when people join clubs to build relationships and have life enrichment, you have to figure out whether or not that's happening. And, and, and you have to figure out what are the things that need to occur at the club in order for that to flourish. Because the reason why people leave a club is because that's not happening. They're not building relationships. Their life is not enriched. And what we've learned through analytics is that when that occurs, people don't leave. And so we spend a lot of energy trying to identify early on when that's not taking place and what are the interventions we can deploy at the club in order to facilitate relationship building in order to facilitate life enrichment. Because we know, again, when that occurs, people don't leave a club. So that's how we're using data analytics. But again, it all comes back to our, our core, to the soul of our, of our company. Absolutely. And finally, question three, David, you invited has over 160 owned and operated golf and country clubs, over 200 golf courses, more than a thousand tennis and pickleball courts, 32 city clubs, uh, seven stadium clubs, six big shot locations all around the country. You're, you know, kind of the headquarters and based in Dallas. What's your advice to listeners on being able to manage so many people, so many properties when you aren't in the same market? You got to have great leadership at every club and in every region um, and, and overseeing all of operations, which is what Bob Morse, our president and, and COO does. Um, look, we are only as good as our, as our weakest leader. And, and so it's a constant battle, as you know, Travis, uh, and the work that you do to help us on the, on the sales front. It's a constant battle to make sure that we're attracting and retaining the top talent, because that's at the end of the day, the most important thing is having the best leadership at the clubs themselves in order to accomplish the things we've just talked about. I love it. And it's great advice, right? If you don't have your top level talent, your top level leaders, doesn't matter how good you are, you know, you're, you're not going to get very far. And so, David, you've had such a great career. And, and as you think back to your time, what's been your best memory? You know, um, I, I, I was thinking about this, actually. Um, and it, Jay Monahan, who's the commissioner of the PGA Tour, and I both had an opportunity to, um, to ride in an F-15 um, back when I was at the Tour. And I went first and he went second and he went through like a half a day of training 
probably not have to, I guess it was three or four hours of safety training. And we did a lot with Birdies for the Brave to help the military. And so we had this really unique once in a lifetime opportunity. And, um, and I was in this F-15 in the backseat for an hour. And to, to this day, it was the most amazing thing I've ever done. And my claim to fame is that I didn't throw up and Jay did. <laughs> so so they're, they're, you're always going to hold that above him. Oh, right. Exactly. <laughs> but the, David, this is awesome. This has been great. And, and to close it out, I put our guests on the hustle hot seat. So you ready for this? Yes. All right. If you had a boat, what would you name it? Lucky seven seas. If a movie was made about your life, who would you want to play you? Bruce Willis, because we share the same hairdo. The same haircut. What's the last thing you completed on your bucket list? Um, probably actually buying um, a, a boat, which which I have named Lucky Seven Seas. So it is um, a perfect perfect transition. Yeah, I mean that was a, that's the last bucket list item I've completed. That's awesome. Well, David, to close it out, what are three key takeaways you give every listener to be in your shoes one day? You know, I would say first and foremost, know your why. You know, you don't get to, to, to any level of, of um, accomplishment in business without being really good at the how and the what, but you got to know your why. That's the difference between good and great, I think. And it's a constant struggle to get people to focus on why they do what they do versus, you know, how to do what they do. Yep. Um, I would say, um, you know, work Saturdays. <laughs> In other words, you know, you yeah. got to work hard and there's a lot of sacrifice. Yep. Um, lots of people want to get ahead. They want, they want to accomplish great things, but you got to be willing to, to put the work in. And, um, and it's hard. It's, it's, uh, it's challenging. And then, and I would say the last one is be authentic, be who you are and follow your heart. And, and, um, you know, those times in my life where maybe I've strayed away from being authentic and maybe not following my heart have have been the times that have led to disappointment. And so I think if you, if you really follow those three things, um, you can find your way to great success and fulfillment. Yep. Because listen, at the end of the day, you know, you want to look back and say, you know, I made a difference. Um, and because it goes by fast, I'm going to be 60 this year, which is hard to even fathom. Yeah. Cause I was always the youngest guy in the room. And, um, and you want to be able to look back and say, yes, um, I knew my why and I did it for the right reasons and I made a difference. Yeah, no, absolutely. Great advice. And to that point of the, the, what is your why, why do you do what you do every single day? And, you know, I love the idea, you know, to be elite, no matter what you're doing, you have to work non-traditional hours. You're not going to work nine to five. You're just, it's just not going to happen. And, and, you know, authenticism is, is so crucial in this business. So David, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure talking to you. I appreciate your time and your expertise. My pleasure, Travis. Great to be on. Thank you again. This is Travis Apple. Thank you for listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle. Please be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll be back next week with another industry leader. Have a great week. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. 
Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.